Hello and welcome to Market Sense Eye on the Prairies podcast. My name is Brian Como and I'm here with Ed Brashinsky today uh, to talk about uh, the crazy volatility that we saw in the markets today. How are you doing Hi, today? Brian. I'm doing uh, pretty good considering it was a quite a wild ride and feeling a little bit uh, uh, seasick, I guess, from all the rocking back and forth in this markets. But uh, it's been quite an interesting day, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first things that you and I look at, you know, or maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but, uh, you know, the first thing that I look at, of course, is the grain markets uh, being that we are, you know, so entrenched in agriculture. But really, I feel like the market leader was probably energies, uh, energy today or maybe even macro markets as a whole. Um, for those who haven't necessarily looked at the markets as a whole and have just looked at what grains did today, what, what can you tell us about what happened in the in the global markets today? Well, the big story is definitely in the energy markets. Um, earlier in the week, there was some, uh, well, actually it was late last week that crude oil had sold off uh, fairly sharply late last week already on some news that Austria was locking down and Germany was considering new lockdowns due to rising COVID cases. And, uh, and then oil recovered really quickly actually after the united states announced that it was going to release some crude oil 50 million barrels of crude oil in coordination with other governments including china india and japan uh it was going to release this oil from the strategic petroleum reserves and the crude oil market rallied three dollars a barrel and uh, everybody kind of laughed at the u.s government's attempt to manipulate prices lower uh, saying, well, you know, 50 million barrels is only about two and a half days of consumption in a place like the United States. So it's really not going to do anything. And maybe they were right. But what happened is, uh, is that over the weekend, over the holiday shortened trade, and a lot of traders take time off during Thanksgiving, they'll take an extra day. So there's really not a lot of trading going on, typically. Um, over that time frame, there was a news release that there was a new COVID variant uh, in South Africa, and it was potentially very dangerous and very uh, inf- infectious. And uh, I think the market had sucked in a lot of bullish um, traders who had bought the dip in energies, thinking that this was uh, you know, that was all that. The, the selling that needed to happen was last week already, and they decided that it was the time to jump in. And then all of a sudden, this news came out on really low volume. And uh, overnight, it started, the selling started. It started hitting some stops. You could see there was uh, stops that started getting hit at 78. At some round numbers, it was 77. There was some support, and then and then it pushed through 77. And 76, it started selling, and 75. And... Uh, you could you can see where it just started puking through these uh, round numbers as it started hitting stops, and really there's nobody at their desks overnight, so it's a lot of computer trading. And uh, this morning, crude oil started recovering a little bit as people probably did get wake up and think, "Well, oh, this is quite a nice little dip. Um, let's let's buy this uh, as it gets closer and closer to 70." And sure enough, uh, it, it didn't matter. And uh, the selling was hard enough that about 
early through the morning session, uh, the sellers started coming, piling on again, and we blew through 73 and then 71 and then 70. And then just you could see the stops getting hit and, uh, you know, traders just capitulating and just get me out. And, you know, there was a lot of volume today and nobody was expecting a lot of volume on a day like today. So uh, when when you get a lot of volume and it's all from one side, from the sell side on a day that's a lot of traders are probably off on holidays, then uh, the sellers overwhelm the buy orders and you get exactly what we've just seen now. Uh, and so basically I outlined, outlined how we had a flash crash today in energy markets and uh, crude oil ended up the day down 13%, uh, diesel fuel and gasoline down about 12.5%. But that's the biggest selling day since crude oil went negative last April. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of flashbacks to that time right now. I think there's a lot of traders that are panicking. And, uh, yeah, we're seeing that panic get reflected in the market price action on a day like today. Uh, a holiday shortened day, I might add, as all markets have now closed for the day. Normally, they'd be trading till 4 p.m. Well, I can't. Uh, I can't hear you, Brian. You mentioned uh, volume there, Ed, and it, yeah, you know, one of the things that we, I think, both you and I have been watching today was just how much volume was trading because we were like, well, maybe this is just low volume, high high volatility trade. But um, no, today's volumes were relatively normal compared to the rest of the week. You know, yesterday, you know, even in canola, yesterday was a very dismal day as far as volume goes, but today. You know the most liquid contract uh, the march was you know still traded 7800 contracts something like that which is about you know about normal and the uh, the other other interesting that i saw in canola was that um even if intraday if you break it down to the five or ten minute chart the uh big volume spikes were done on the big up up uh, bars or the up time so you know right around nine 940 or so this morning uh, canola saw its biggest leg higher moving from 982 all the way to 994 it's like 12 bucks in a matter of 10 minutes um just got bought on high volumes so you know you know even the bean oil and everything that was kind of getting pressured with energies um had good volumes today too but um yeah canola was very resistant i think there was a very strong buy the dip at at some point in the day and um yeah, canola finished in the green and it finished um, above a thousand dollars today. It, uh, yeah, definitely some of these uh, ag markets definitely shrugged off some of the um, macro features that happened earlier today. Well, I think that part of that is due to the fact that crude oil—you you couldn't find somebody who is bearish crude oil uh, going into the flash crash. I mean, it had sold off pretty hard. So even the even the ones who are bearish, maybe at $85, we're looking at crude oil at, at 78 and, and 79 and saying, well, this is a pretty nice discount. And so even the people that thought crude oil needed to go lower, they were they were bullish and everybody was bullish. And it wasn't quite the same in the grains. I mean, you've got a harvest that just finished up for beans and corn or is basically finished up. You've got harvest going on in Australia. Uh, you've got good weather in South America. So, you know, you could probably find plenty of people who were both bullish and bearish and grains, a good mix. Whereas I think the whole market was leaning excessively bullish on crude oil. So it was vulnerable to a shocking event like this. 
and, uh, and and so anytime everybody's caught on one side and on the wrong side and they all lurch to the other kind of that was my uh, reference to being seasick uh, they lurched to the other side of the boat and uh, and this time they lurched and they all puked in the crude oil market whereas in grains I mean I think that the narrative we've seen it before right where lockdowns didn't lead to um, lower demand for food. They actually led to higher demand in many cases when there was hoarding. And uh, so, so I think that the market isn't as susceptible to to the, the COVID lockdown trade being bearish grains. I think that everybody is kind of wise to the effect that lockdowns actually can have and, and they're not necessarily bearish. So I think that was part of the reason for the recovery in grains uh, right off the bat after yeah. the initial sell-off. No, it's a good point. And, you know, uh, logistics has become a big issue as well during a pandemic. And as far, you know, not so much what's going to be consumed or if people are going to consume more or less of, you know, vegetable oil or, 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 you know, pasta or anything like that, but also what is the capacity of the world to get the products where it needs to go at the right times? And, you know, we've, we've proven that our, uh, logistics systems are pretty frail when it comes to something like a global pandemic and, and, uh, you know, small hiccups can, can create some pretty big backlogs. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it starts to become a food security issue, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, kind of going on from that point, I think, you know, even in Canada here are, not all of our rail lines are completely back online. I think, uh, I think I read that CN is back online now, but CP is still, is still doing some repair work. I could have that backwards, but we did get an update this morning. Um, so even that, even that, you know, even compounding some of these uh, gl- global issues is is some local issues and and things like that. So, uh, you know, for canola specifically, you know, it probably saw some of the biggest rebounds today. But um, well, um, I think another interesting thing that happened today was that uh, I mean it wasn't just the crude oil. The crude oil weakness spilled into a lot of other different markets. Um, one of the markets that saw some big volatility was the dollar, the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar. So I think part of the reason that the grains, the U.S. grains, did relatively well compared to crude oil, is that when the U.S. dollar falls. It makes U.S. grains cheaper. So, if you're looking to buy U.S. grain uh, in U.S. dollars, and the U.S. dollar just lost today, uh, the dollar index lost. Let me just have a look here. Almost a full percent. Well, then, you know, grains kind of went on sale. You had the futures fall this morning, and the U.S. dollar fell. So, it's it's not a bad idea if you're worried about lockdowns, maybe to to buy some U.S. grain today. And so that part could be part of the reason too. And the Canadian dollar fell as well. Yeah, actually, I was just going to point that out. That's really interesting. You know, I, I as soon as I saw the Canadian dollar falling apart today, I went and looked at the U.S. dollar index. I'm like, ah, there must be a flight to safety. But that wasn't. That didn't seem like the play either. It, you know, both um, both the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar all uh, all saw heavy losses. I, I think, you know, if anything, it was the yen that probably performed the best perform the best today and um and that's uh you know not generally a trade that you see in a risk-off environment well the u.s dollar has been rallying significantly for a while and so perhaps the 
traders are sitting on profits in their US dollar positions and uh, they needed to liquidate those positions to cover losses in crude oil. Maybe that's part of the reason. Uh, another theory that I have is that if you're trying to think two steps ahead of the market, um, well, if there's a COVID lockdowns in Europe, what we've seen is that what happens in Europe, as far as COVID goes, often ends up happening in the United States a couple of months later. So uh, if you're trying to think a couple steps ahead of the market, you might say, well, if, uh, if COVID's in Europe now, I'm going to sell the US dollar today because in two months time, COVID's uh, we're going to be seeing lockdowns in the United States and uh, you know whether or not that's the case sometimes uh, you get people trading with that mentality and just force liquidation of positions and uh, you just sell whatever whatever you can sometimes in these kind of environments so the US dollar went down the Canadian dollar went down and surprisingly the euro went up even though it's a kind of a European story yeah and you know the 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 Matif uh, the Matif products suffered today too, right? Like we saw wheat wheat in Europe, uh, wheat futures in Europe decline pretty aggressively, and canola futures in Europe de- decline pretty aggressively. Uh, they didn't have the benefit of the of the the whip back maybe or the the buying frenzy that happened la- you know later in the session uh, because they were already closed for the for the weekend, but um, but they still closed with some pretty pretty big negative negative numbers today well another another interesting correlation today is that uh, we saw interest rates fall significantly and uh, that that runs counter to the recent narrative that we've heard which is that interest rates will be rising in the next year in 2022 to combat rising inflation and uh, in in the united states the 10-year interest rate started the day out at 1.77 percent and it ended the day at 1.57%. So it lost, uh, you know, 0.2 of a percent. If you if you do the math on that, 0.2 of a percent. Yeah, that, the interest rates fell uh, 11% today from where they started the day. And so that tells you the market is calling the Fed's bluff and or. We'll see if it's a bluff or not, but they're basically saying, oh, geez, with this new COVID variant, with crude oil falling, that might not, maybe inflation won't be as quite as high as we thought. You know, maybe they won't raise interest rates because uh, that would be, you know, that would jeopardize the economic recovery, especially now that there's a new COVID variant. So you saw interest rates just collapse. And that's when you, usually when interest rates fall, usually the currencies are inversely correlated with interest rates so you you may be seeing a trade in the currency side where currency traders are expecting um, or were expecting tightening monetary policy now all of a sudden we're forced to reevaluate that say oh geez you know maybe we're actually going to loosen maybe maybe we're going to try to print more money to try to get over this new COVID and uh, and so they sold the currencies and and interest rates fell as well so all these different correlations, you know, when, when you have these shocking events, sometimes everything doesn't really line up the way you expect, but sometimes correlations change too. And that usually provides opportunity, actually, if you're looking in the right places, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And, you know, maybe I think, you know, we've talked a lot of high level stuff. What do you think is the is the now what in this? And, I, you know, I, again, granted, we, we weren't. I, I don't think I came into today thinking oh, I'm going to put a lot of weight on today's trade. 
because I didn't expect there to be volume there. And, you know, it is kind of a holiday in the U.S. and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, we we did have a volatile day on some relatively normal margins. So, you know, does this mean anything and what do, does it does it change any uh, does it change any of your of your plans on how to move forward? Well, the now what, in my opinion, is that we've seen how the market reacted now to a COVID related shock and an energy shock and the market actually responded quite well it was quite robust against those shocks and what this says to me is that if there is now a food security narrative that starts to come back into the market um, it will be supportive for grains and and perhaps we can be more confident that if, if there are any kind of supply issues or any kind of logistic shocks that that's actually going to be supportive for grains going forward rather than negative for grains. So I think we can actually feel comfort with the way that the grain market reacted today. And while I would hesitate to say, oh, you know, now's a good time to buy because there's still some volatility to go forward. Um, it might give you some opportunity to look at re-entry strategies um, you're putting some of those lower targets in to try to get in with uh, call options or focal points. Uh, this may well be our opportunity to to keep pushing this uh, you know bullish narrative forward in grains. I would say the same for oil seeds. I think it does feel today like there was a buy the dip sentiment into the end of the day. Um, I, I do still feel that there's some watchouts, particularly on the fundamental side for oil seeds. Um, you know, there has been significantly uh, l- like lower lower use of oil seeds this year, and uh, and that we're starting to see inventories of uh, vegetable oil um, grow. We're also seeing some rains in South America that will continue to push the soybean um, production higher. Uh, today's action actually, you know, took quite a lot of margin out of the soybean crush um, uh, calculation as, you know, bean oil and meal fell pretty hard um, and the, the the beans, um, particularly that ve- the vegetable oil and the beans, the, you know, that that spread uh, widened out quite a bit today. So there, there, and then, you know, this whole uh, flash crash kind of thing did show that the market is willing to take prices down that low if even temporarily. So, um, you know, I get a lot of questions recently on when to start selling November canola. And I've been saying, you know, if it can hold the 20 day moving average, that would be positive. Uh, it did, it did do that today. It, it did trade below the 20 day moving average on the NOV, uh, and then recovered to just above, but there's some, there's some, uh, warning signs there. If it starts to continue to leak lower, that might be an opportunity to take some risk off the table with, <clears throat> with either, uh, you know, floor price or even flat pricing with the intention of of adding something if it does start to turn around again or something like that. But, um, you know, I, as far as the uh, the soybeans go as well, you know, I'm not as as bullish the soybeans as as we would remain the canola at this point as well. So that's a that's a watch out as well as the if we saw we saw the flush today, there is some appetite to take it down in some cases. So um, if we come back on Monday with a different sentiment, it might it might change some of our our outlook on oil seeds but uh or at least be at least be a little bit more hyper vigilant and and start looking at uh, uh the risk rewards on some of these things 
Well, I think, yeah, a day like today, regardless of whether the market that you're specifically exposed to is, is up or down, um, I think it just highlights the fact that there's no guarantees in this market whatsoever. And uh, you, you, you could take it from the crude oil traders who all thought that the market was going to the moon on Tuesday and are licking their wounds here on Friday. Um, there's there's no there's no guarantees at all and risk management just becomes utmost. So how much are you willing to risk? How much risk do you have? How much risk, ex, risk exposure do you have is, is the first thing to consider both old and new crop. And uh, is that acceptable? And, and if it is, you know, how are you going to manage that going forward if the market changes? I think that's that's the key. Those are the key questions to ask. Yeah, I agree. And I suppose with market volatility, uh, you know, that that can really hurt if you're not positioned properly. But if you're positioned appropriately for your risk tolerance, then um, it's quite exciting, actually. Yeah. In my opinion, because uh, you sometimes see new new storylines and new threads emerge, and new w- ways of looking at how the the different correlations between markets kind of influence each other. And when that happens, um, it's a whole new way of looking at the world. So, uh, I guess in, in that respect, I'm it's quite exciting to me. Even though uh, crude oil being down 13% is is very painful for some, um, it's also probably got all kinds of opportunities elsewhere so yeah like the, the way the day kind of shaped up today is that the, the the major grains didn't suffer as much as some of the products did like you know bean oil uh palm oil uh things like that definitely uh saw losses but you know basically your fuel got cheaper today uh and your your grains staved off a, a major a major sell-off uh so compared to wednesday you know Probably in a in a situation that's a little bit better off than you were, <laughs> than you were, uh, than you were on Wednesday. So that that I think that's a positive overall, even amidst all this volatility. Yeah, you make a very good point. I mean, as farmers, I think uh, everybody here as as energy consumers, we're all uh, short energy all the time. We always always need to buy. We're always short. If our tank's half full, then we're short half a tank of gasoline. So. Uh, if the if the prices go down, then usually that's uh, actually a good thing for us. Right on. Well, that was a a quick and dirty hitter. I think we we pretty much covered what happened today. I think uh, next week, I think yeah, Monday forward will be important to see what kind of sentiment returns after the American holiday here. Um, but we also get next week uh, a Statistics Canada report with some updates on production. Um, for our major grains. I'm still waiting to uh, find out what the average trade guess is on some of those things so we can start looking at, you know, uh, opportunities and risks based on that. But uh, what day is the third here? I'm just trying to pull my calendar up. I think that's the Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it would be the Friday. Friday, okay. So yeah, in a week from a week from today, we're gonna have some good stats can um, Infor- or I shouldn't say good stats can. We're going to have some stats can information out on Friday. But, well, we can look forward to that then. Yeah, we can do, we can then debate that until March. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks Ed for 
for jumping on for this quick hitter and um, have a great weekend. Thanks, Brian. We'll see you next week.